0: All right, everybody, another special edition of the announcer schedules podcast. Mike get with you, Phil DeMontmalen. Of course, the face and the voice behind the handle at announcer schedules. He had some previous duties, so I'm solo today, but not solo by myself. We've got the great Steve Levy from ESPN in the house. The NHL playoffs are going on. We're going to talk to him about that, his journey, and more. On the special edition of the Announcer schedules podcast, let's welcome in the voice of ESPN's NHL hockey, Steve Levy, to the Announcer schedules podcast. What's going on,
1: Steve? Hey, Mike. Nice to be with you. And as usual, Phil's tied up. I get it. Yes. I understand.
0: He's uh, basically uh,
1: tweeting out who's scheduling where or who's
0: broadcasting what this weekend. And, uh, man, they got you running all over the place, the NHL Playoffs in full force, and they have been outstanding. We had your colleague Sean McDonough on the podcast last week, and now, of course, we're getting yeah. deep into these playoffs.
1: Tell us about being back on hockey, Steve. Well, you know, I've been there so long that I I remember losing hockey, and that was a that was a crushing day. It was like you know somebody took your dog. I mean, that's that's how bad it was, really, like losing a family member. And I just remember there were tears in Bristol. People were that, were that crushed, were that upset about it. And so uh, the joy, I don't know, 16 years later, whatever it was, getting it back, I'm not sure it equaled it because those were really tough, dark times. But um, so many hockey people, so many hockey lovers at ESPN. And, you know, not just the guys on the air that you see in, you know, Melrose and Butchergrass and Linda and myself. It's like behind the scenes there was so many – Hockey-loving people, fans, management, guys who run the camera, the audio. It was amazing how, much people, how many people just loved hockey at ESPN. And so it's been great to have it back. And, of course, uh, this is the best time of year and it is the best postseason tournament of any of the sports.
0: Well, obviously, you mentioned that you had hockey before. You're back with hockey now. These playoffs, man, that West is wide open. You have the story in the East, obviously. Can Toronto make something happen? It's been something. The Islanders uh, are, are just a cool story. You got this Rangers-Devils thing happening. So there's been some great storylines in the NHL. But, man, I look back to the first time you guys had hockey. I remember being a student down in West Virginia, Flyers, Penguins, and I'm walking I must have watched that thing at like five different bars every overtime we kept leaving take <laughs> us back to that game and that night
1: Yeah so um listen you know overtimes are great and you get the sense you know you're in the middle of something special when you get to a second or a third overtime that that's when you know right like you know single overtime sort of whatever but uh, when you get to a second, third, now like a fourth, okay, now you're in the midst of something special. And I remember I, I had some prior experience. I did a Washington-Pittsburgh game that also went five overtimes, and I was not prepared for that. I'm not sure you're ever prepared for that. But um, so, so when it came down to the Philadelphia-Pittsburgh game, I'd already had one under my belt sort of knew how to sort of pace myself, if you will, and uh, just the energy level, and the excitement and all that, and then uh, it was a special night, it was great, and you know, it's funny because you get forever linked to those games, and of course, you know, I had nothing to do with it, I just happened to be in the building, Uh, but you develop a reputation, I think I have three of the four longest televised games ever, Um, I think I had, you know, the top three prior to two seasons ago, and just... And it becomes a reputation that all the newspaper folks were like, hated watching me walk in the building because they knew there went their deadline. And again, it was just sheer luck, but it's cool to be associated with it. Uh, And you know, the pressure, you know, nobody thinks about the broadcasters. The pressure on the broadcaster to not blow the call in overtime, especially, you know, when you get to a third, a fourth, a fifth, like, those calls are going to be replayed for a long, long time. You don't want to make a mistake there. And so, uh, so you feel some of that pressure. I, I haven't had a long one in a while. Uh, of course, last night I did New Jersey and the Rangers. There was no shot of that. I thought I had Game Five, Carolina and the Islanders. Thought an opportunity there. Uh, for a little overtime magic, but but not the kids.
0: Uh, you have Devils, Rangers, Game 6, Saturday in primetime, 8 o'clock, ABC, and it'll be simulcast on ESPN. Plus, Steve Levy here on the announcer's schedules podcast. By the way, I was a young buck when Keith Primu scored the goal for the Flyers yeah. uh, to advance. What a moment yeah. there. Steve Levy was the sound. It's funny
1: because Brian, Brian Boucher was the goalie for the Flyers, and now he works with us. And so we reminisced about that night as well. You know, Bush had to make, I don't know. Seventy saves or something ridiculous
0: that night yeah and by the way a lot of flyers infiltrating the national hockey league broadcast uh, the philadelphia market always well represented in the flyers role brian boucher does a great job steve levy's with us uh hockey's back he's on the playoff call but man our listeners will recognize you from a bevy of other things you kind of it sounds to me steve like hockey might be uh nearest and dearest to your heart but tell us a little bit about those couple of years that you got the chance to call monday night football
1: yeah, so listen, I've always been a hockey guy, uh, but the dream all along was Monday Night Football. And, um, you know, I was thrilled to get the opportunity. I wound up getting the opportunity at the, the worst time of our lives, of course, collectively, uh, because it was during the two years of the pandemic. And so you know, that was really strange. You know, you hear the theme song and there's the blimp and, you, you know, you want to go big and the stadium's empty. And, uh, you know, Brian Greasy and Louis Riddick and myself, we'd be sort of looking at each other, and uh, it was just so odd. Like, you know, you're really worried about keeping your own voice down because in some of these stadiums, the players can hear you, you know? Wild. When you scream touchdown in an empty stadium, they absolutely can hear it on the field. We're that close some places. so So that was odd uh unfortunately it took away from the experience you know if you when you finally reach that that mountaintop in this industry you want the whole thing right you want the full crowd and and the fans going wild and eighty thousand so we really didn't have that opportunity until you know a little bit more in the second year and got a few games last year it was cool too so listen i've been you know i tell everyone i'm the luckiest guy in the industry i've been uh so fortunate uh, to be at ESPN now for 30 years. And, um, you know, everything's going on in our business and what's going on in Bristol right now, it's it's really rough. You just, just try to be a survivor there, you know, and uh, while still while still doing the job that we need to do every single night, and that's, you know, enthusiastically serving sports fans with a big smile on our face. And so, you know, you're not faking it when you're on the air because you're really in it in the moment. Uh, but, again, the you know, business you become friends with people people become family your colleagues and it's uh it's tough in our industry right now as you will know too
0: yeah well you said 30 years august 1993 uh, is when you joined it so tell everybody you know kind of how you got there what was your path to espn and then you know getting that first opportunity that first call do you remember it still
1: well, my path was uh, I just wasn't good athletically at anything. You know, I, I played everything. I, I loved sports my whole life, and I just, I just couldn't excel at anything. I was incredibly average at everything and maybe even, maybe even less than that. So, But I loved the games. I loved being around them. I still, I, I think uh, of all the people in our industry, I think I still probably go to more games as a fan uh, to this day. Than anybody else in our place. I love going to Major League Baseball. I love, I love sitting with my friends and taking my kids to um, you know NHL games, uh, NFL games. We always go. I always try to catch a couple Jets games, maybe home and away as a fan. And again, and I'm I'm paying for my tickets, and um, I'm just a massive sports fan. And I I often ask myself, you know, what else would I have done? Uh, you know, to try and pay some bills and support the family and all that kind of thing. So I've been extremely lucky in the industry. I've had a couple of breaks, which I've been able to take advantage of. Uh, But I've worked really hard, too. And, uh, you know, people only see the glory stuff like, you know, Monday night and five overtimes in hockey. And, (laughs) you know, I spent 15 years doing that 2 a.m. Sports Center in Bristol. There was no Los Angeles. And so I was getting out of work at, you know, five in the morning, every single morning, five, you know, five mornings a week. And so that's Weekends and holidays you miss a lot of stuff. I still to this day miss a lot of my kids things and um, So that you know there are ups and downs to the business, but like I said, I wouldn't trade it I'm the luckiest guy in the industry ever and uh, ESPN has treated me and my family very well. Never had a bad thing to say about it. Yeah,
0: that. I mean, you mentioned those. You know, people forget if you're in my age bracket. I mean, I'm in college at the time, and Sports Center is live at 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, uh, it, it, to, yep. to think about that now, going back to when we were kids, running around Morgantown, coming back from, you know, having a couple pops. There it is, the live Sports Center at two o'clock in the morning. The people don't get treated to that anymore, but you know, Sports Center, uh, do you look and at And then your... Mike, Mike, and, and not not
1: not to interrupt you, but then that same show would run ten more times. Yes. Ten more times overnight through the morning and you know, people keep telling me they kept watching like it, nothing's going to change. It's the same bad tie that I'm wearing. The jokes that aren't funny to begin with, the, and the mistakes that we make are are still mistakes. But people watch those re-air shows. It was yeah. it was really remarkable. You're right about that. You know,
0: you forget that you know, the thing would be on all morning long, one after another, after another, right. after another. Uh, Sports Center play-by-play. Which one uh, do you kind of get more identified by?
1: I think I'm more identified as a studio guy, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm fine either way. Listen, as long as you're being recognized for anything is a, is a good thing. <laughs> Do now you have a point. preference? Do you um, have a
0: preference? If they said, Steve, sports center, studio, or play-by-play, which one is, is kind of more your passion?
1: Yeah, I hope they don't. I really enjoy the mix. Um, you know, you get to a certain age, which is my age, and the road becomes a bit of a grind. Yeah. Um, you know that that can be difficult for sure and uh, so but the play-by-play there's nothing like being in a in a big stadium for a big game and that's that's really something that's spectacular so so I've been really lucky there to have the mix very few people in the industry get to do both like I get to do and so that's been that's been really cool for me and I wouldn't want to trade it. I love Listen, the studio is nice and clean, and you get to sleep in your own bed, and you get to see all the games, and everything is pristine and perfect because technically everything works. And then the road is an entire different animal, right? It's you know, it's it's the flights, it's the hotel, a lot of different things can go wrong. But in the moment, you know, a college football Saturday night kickoff in LSU, like there's nothing that beats that. There's just there just isn't the start of a a Stanley Cup playoff game in a in a rock in a rocking building like there's just nothing better than that so like i said uh, i'm hoping nobody ever you know forces me to choose one uh because i'm so lucky i've been able to do both and i really enjoy the mix say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
0: Well, by the way, you just mentioned college football. You've done some of the new year's six games and some big time games, Notre Dame, USC, you had some Bedlam stuff, you know, at the college game, we talked to Sean McDonough on a previous edition of the announcer schedules. And, you know, you just that different feel with college than that NFL game. Now you said Monday night, you obviously had that unique situation, but you have called Monday night football uh, with people in the crowds as well. So difference between you have a college or pro uh preference
1: so you know i I grew up in the the new york metropolitan area let's say which is you know really all pro football i've always been a pro guy we just didn't you know we just didn't have any college college football you know rutgers you know once in a while and and really not even college basketball either uh you know i did have the grown up with the saint john's run and chris mullen and mark jackson and those guys and Bill Wennington and all that. So, um, But it just wasn't raised with it. And college football was really hard for me. Um, you can read and you can study as much as you want. And I I rarely got out of the hotel room in college, when I was doing college football. There was just the piles of information and quotes and things you need to read to be prepared. Um, there's so much to that. But you can read it all you want. If you're not raised with it, it's just different. I think especially college football – The rivalries and the tradition and those kinds of things. But uh, for a long time, I immersed myself in it and I loved it. And it took me to places you know I would have never gone otherwise. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And um, you know, it was cool to do an Orange Bowl. You know, like these (laughs) these are major things. You're growing up, right? You mentioned Notre Dame doing you know doing a Notre Dame USC football game. I got to go to the Coliseum, college football. You know, LSU, I feel like I lived at Clemson with Dabo Sweeney, you know, nonstop. They're on our network all the time. So um, the the NFL, the NFL is a much cleaner game. I found the NFL broadcast much easier. Uh, you know, the NFL, you don't have to look at your nose. You know all the guys. Right, and in right. college, you know, every school has 100 players. And you got four guys wearing number six on the same team. <laughs> and that can be distressing. you know, <laughs> distressing. And, uh and so it's just it's just a very different experience. Now that's not to say one's better than the other, because a lot of people enjoy the college football game itself better, because it's it's not as clean; it's kind of messy, which is fun. And why is that? Because these are college kids. I remember uh, Brian greasy my partner, but uh, before we got to the NFL, he would say, "Listen, you know, people want me to you know do the Tony Romo thing and and sort of predict you know what these guys are going to do out of a certain formation, like." These are college quarterbacks. They don't know what they're going to do. How am I supposed to know what they're going to do? So, uh, The college football mistakes are made that NFL guys just don't make. And so the NFL game is much cleaner. It's packaged perfectly for TV. You know, three hours and three minutes almost on the button. Clock management and college football can be, you know, 345 and messy. But messy's fun. Yeah. Messy's entertaining. Um but it's just entirely different experience, I done. Well,
0: Steve Levy's with us. You also made a couple uh, cameo appearances in a couple of films, right? I mean, uh, it's interesting to uh, hear when a play-by-player or a broadcaster gets that call to be in a movie. Are you scripted in those scenes, or they just say, "Hey, you, you know, give us your give us your live raw play-by-play?"
1: Yeah, so. Uh so not, I've been lucky to be in that too. None of those have been based on my acting ability. I had a few buddies who, you know, became movie producers, and they sort of threw me in the movie. And I'm like, listen, you know, can I have a sex scene or something? How about a, a car chase? You know, I promised my mom no nudity, but you know, like something. How about anything other than me playing myself? Right. That's that's really what I was I wanted to get, and but that's never happened. And so the beauty of always playing yourself is you really can't screw it up because you're playing yourself and you probably would have screwed that up anyway. So, but they have been kind enough to sort of let me rewrite some lines and you know because there's like, hey, how would you say it normally? How would you rewrite that? You know, so so that's been fun. That's a cool experience. I get weird residual checks, you know, for like fifty nine cents every six months. Last? I wonder what The Rock is getting when I'm getting 59 cents, you know?
0: <laughs> By the way, speaking of The Rock, you've also done some XFL stuff. That's Those broadcasts seem really cool to me. I mean, is it tough? Is it cool? I mean, what is it like to be a part of those XFL broadcasts?
1: You know, so I was on that, that lead crew with Greg McElroy yeah. uh, the first year of XFL 2.0, and I we thought it was unbelievable. Like Diana Rossini is interviewing the quarterback after he throws a pick, and he's throwing the offense coordinator under the bus. Like I mean, it was it was unbelievable what was going on there. And um, we were five games into the season when we all got shut down because of the pandemic. Yeah. And I really believe that version of the XFL would have succeeded. I thought we had momentum, and uh, I thought we had good quarterbacks, and that that's really the key to these. To these games now the current xFL um, the usFL you need co- good quarterback play and the xFL I was a part of uh, the only players getting really paid were the quarterbacks and that's how they got you know good quarterbacks that's how that works so um, but I really enjoyed my experience there I was really looking forward to calling a championship you know I've never called the championship really I did a frozen four a couple times and that was certainly cool but I would have called that first XFL championship. And, of course, the pandemic shut things down, and and then we moved on from there. But I enjoyed it. I I hope for success. I think it's a terrific product. I think there's a market for it. I think fans want it. And I think it's great for players. In essence, it's a a minor league. It's a G League, a D League. It's, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's a minor league for the NFL. I think all pro football should sort of be in bed together that way. You can share video. And all it is is giving opportunities to guys to play in the NFL who all, you know, would not have had that opportunity. It's extra reps. Maybe they get some, you know, better coaching, whatever it might be. But it's, it's giving more opportunities to, to more people to live out their dreams. And regardless of what that is, you know, that has to be a good thing for everybody.
0: Well, Steve Levy's on hockey. The NHL is back. They've got uh, the uh, game Saturday night. And, of course, uh, Steve is a part of the ESPN broadcast team uh, that is doing a great job bringing this hockey playoff. These have been outstanding, outstanding games. I, I, these series, man, you got some great series. Uh, the the storylines, Devils-Rangers, game six Saturday night in primetime. Now, before we let you roll, we'd like to ask, you know, so if you stumbled across – the announcer schedules podcast Twitter feed. Have you uh, have you seen all of if you've seen your name and lights
1: there? Absolutely, it pops up. You put the at in front of me, and I get it. And uh, listen, I'm you know I'm an older guy. But I still get a kick out of seeing my name and doing a game, and some of the people I get to work with. And uh, I do follow you guys. I really appreciate the work that you do. Uh, it's really hard to come up with something that hasn't been done before, but this is this is new, almost iconic. <laughs> and it, it's funny because because now around the country, there are full-time writers who have podcasts and columns based strictly on sports, television and radio media. I mean, that's the whole gig. They're not we're covering teams and they're covering us. and so for the sports media biz, I think it's an extremely helpful tool. I get a kick out of seeing, you know, we got lots of friends in the business. I never know where they are until I until I search it on, on your handle on Twitter. So uh, it's cool seeing my name, but I really enjoy seeing my friends in the business uh, working on some things and doing great things in other places. And so keep up the great work there. And uh, I always try to give you a retweet or, or a like uh, when I appreciate it. Well, I see it right there. Uh, Eastern
0: Conference first round. 7:30 the uh, ESPN Steve Levy will be on play by play he's at ESPN Steve Levy Ray Ferraro Emily Kaplan That is the matchup, Rangers and the Devils. They also see Mike Monaco, uh, who was on the podcast two weeks ago, uh, is on the call on that West. Man, those West things have been going nuts. Jets and Golden Knights. Uh, Brandon Burke, that's on the TBS side with uh, Darren Pang. So the hockey is in full force. Steve Levy, everybody, has been a guest of the Announcer schedule podcast. Just a glimpse of some of his career. And we do appreciate Steve for stopping by this week's edition of the Announcer schedules podcast. Thank you so much, Steve. You got a mic? Send my best to Phil too, will you? Absolutely. I will uh, check in with him and Steve. We appreciate him. And don't forget Saturday Night Rangers Devils. Check him out on ABC Primetime ESPN Plus. Steve Levy on the Announcer Schedule Podcast.